This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Goodyear, Arizona and the Indian Spring Training Complex as spring training continues for the tribe. Everything going along smoothly, it seems. Some minor bumps in the road injury-wise for the likes of Jason Kipnis and Brandon Geyer, but they are back on the field now playing in games. Also the return this week of Austin Jackson, and it certainly appears as if Michael Brantley is trending nicely toward being able to play again at some point in time this spring as he continues to swing the bat in simulated games this week. We'll have more from Terry Francona much, much later on in our show. But getting to our show this week, some great guests lined up for you. Francisco Lindor will join us. We had a chance to visit with the Tribe shortstop before he left for the WBC, and he he talks about why it's so important for him to play for Team Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic. Um, I mean, it's it's a dream come true to be able to represent my country. Also on this week's show, Indians relief pitcher Brian Shaw. No one in the major leagues has made more appearances in the last four seasons than Brian Shaw explains how he gets it done. I sit on my couch for about a month and a half and do nothing. Also on the show today, Indians reliever Dan Otero coming off a fine first season with the Indians and prospect Greg Allen, who has made a nice impression in his first Major League camp. Pretty exciting outfielder is Greg Allen. So a lot to get to on this week's show. Again, we'll also hear from Terry Francona, the very latest from him, as we get rolling with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona, where the weather has brightened in recent days and everything pointing towards some good baseball weather as we get deeper into the spring. Don't forget, we'll have baseball on the radio for you this afternoon if you are listening to this show airing live just prior to Tribe Baseball. Indians taking on the Kansas City Royals right here in Goodyear this afternoon on the Indians radio network. That's a 3.05 first pitch. Not with the club right now is young shortstop Francisco Lindor. He's playing for Team Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic at just 23 years of age. My goodness, what has Lindor done so far? Last year, an American League All-Star in his first full season in the major leagues. And by season's end, He was a Gold Glove shortstop and also the Platinum Glove Award winner that recognizes superior defense among all defensive players, regardless of position, in the American League. So just great work defensively by Lindor. And, oh, by the way, 
He hit over 300 a year ago with 15 homers, 78 runs driven in, and was a key for the Indians during their run in the postseason. So he comes back this spring, and he tries to keep that same attitude that he had a year ago and the year prior to that as he goes through his paces in the spring. And when we caught up with him before he left for the WBC, we asked him what the World Baseball Classic and playing for Team Puerto Rico means to him. Um, I mean, it's, it's a dream come true come to be able to represent my country. And uh, I don't feel like it's messing up with my routine with um, with the World, World Baseball Classic. I mean, I just feel like it's, it's going to be more games, you know, like playing instead of playing seven, nine innings, I mean, instead of playing seven or five, five, seven, nine, I'm playing nine, 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 you know, which is which is fine. I mean, the more reps you get throughout um throughout a year, the better I think you, you, you're going to end up being as a player. And a couple of years ago, the last WBC, Carlos Santana went and had a great experience with mm-hmm. the Dominican Republic, and he thought it was, it was great for him. And, and do you look at it the same way, some good high-intensity games in that tournament? Yeah, yeah definitely, for sure. I mean, you're going to learn. I'm going I'm to watch some other players that never had the chance of playing against or um, players that never had a chance of playing with and now I'm gonna play with them I'm gonna learn I'm gonna learn a lot and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to soak in every little second of every little detail of, of the whole tournament and um, hopefully we come out with the win you mentioned how proud you are to, to play for Puerto Rico you came to this country at a very young age and some great things have happened for you but that foundation when you were very young you were, you were there growing up what does it mean to you to, to be back and, and represent them and what are the memories that you have it's an honor it's a blessing and you know the growing up you you play games in Puerto Rico and you represent your country the, you represent your city um, to try to win the championship for Puerto Rico and uh, uh, you know, there's always drums, there's always people screaming, there's always um, people um, cheering, and just the competitive nature of Latin baseball is completely different than the one here in the States, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing, um, listening to the fans and competing against other Latin countries, and uh, uh, it's, it's going to be a great tournament. I get a, I get a good feeling about it. It's going to be a great tournament. And you have a pretty good team that you're going to be a part of. Who are some of these guys that you're really looking forward to playing with? I'm looking forward to playing with Beltran, with um, Gaddy, uh, with Jay-Z. Uh, you know, mostly of the old, older players. You know, this, those are the guys that have been in it for a longer, longer period of time, and they they know what they they got to do to get ready. And I got to ask them, you know, what, what, you did, what do you do different than – that's making you stay at this level and helping you perform at, at this high stage. And, you know, coaching, coaching staff as well. We got plenty of coaches that's, that I'm going to learn from. Francisco Lindor joining us, talking about this year's team. You're in camp here to establish you had a great year last year. It doesn't seem like that long ago. I feel like we were talking to you about just watching Mike Avilas and seeing what he does to, to become a better player because you were a young guy trying to make it. How different is it this spring after everything that happened good for you last year? I mean, I know I'm going I'm to be an opening day. So the only different thing besides that, everything else is still the same. Still got to work as hard as I can. Still got to try to maintain um, my job, you know, this is my job. I, I want to be able to keep it for a long time. I don't want anybody else taking it from me. So 
Um, I still got to work as hard as I can. The only difference between this year and last year and the years before was now I know for sure I'm going to start in big leagues. Um, but besides that, I still got a lot of work to do ahead of me. I still got to um, go out there and play my highest level to make my team, to try to help my team win that day. Um, and, you know, I, I thank the Lord for every opportunity he's given me. Uh, the Lord has blessed me with talent and blessed me with health. So you can't take that for granted. Are there any specific areas that, that you feel that you can still uh, drive your game and be better at, maybe more so than some other areas? Um, I would say running. Um, I would say uh, hitting more consistently and um, be more in the game when it comes to fielding. Those three things, I think, are going to be the more um, the three key most important things that uh, I'll have to um, be on on the field. Team-wise, so many great things happened for this ball club a year ago. What's the feeling in here now in terms of, of looking forward to a, a new season and getting back to where you were last year and maybe taking that next step? Good chemistry. We all get along. We all have fun. We all enjoy this moment. And uh, no one's going to handle it to us. You know, we still got to go out there and take it. We still got to go out there and compete and play as hard as we can day in and day out to see if we um, can make it back and win it this time, win the last game of the year. All right, Frankie, thanks. All right, thank you. That's Francisco Lindor, Indian shortstop, one of the best young players in Major League Baseball today. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from one of the busiest relief pitchers in Major League Baseball for the past several seasons, and we're talking about Tribe Setup Man, Brian Shaw, that's coming your way next as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. Indians with a home game on Saturday. They'll take on the Royals this afternoon if you're hearing this show live at a 3.05 first pitch time. And don't forget, on Sunday... The uh, clock's moving ahead. Our first pitch time for the radio broadcasts between the Indians and Padres will be at 4.05. Indians on the road tomorrow, Sunday, in Peoria to take on the Padres. Well, Brian Shaw figures to be a busy reliever for the Indians once again this year. If you take it back to the 2013 season, last four years, no pitcher in the major leagues has appeared in more games than Brian Shaw 299 appearances for Shaw. You look back at it, 70, 80, 74, and 75 in terms of appearances for Brian Shaw. And uh, certainly has been extremely steady for the Indians during his time with the Tribe, his ERA right around three, and really has filled a critical role in the late innings for the Tribe. Now, we always like to have some fun with Brian Shaw, so when we caught up with him recently, it was a rainy, a rare a rare rainy morning here in Arizona. So naturally, we went outside to do our interview with Brian Shaw, and here's how it went. All right, we're with Brian Shaw, and we can always talk pitching with Brian, but it's, sometimes it's more fun when we talk about other stuff. Brian, we are outside. It's a spring training in Arizona, which means nice, 70, sunny all the time. What is going on today and for a lot of days this spring? What's happening out here? You know, I'm not quite sure, but, you know, the rain really needs to go away. Um, you know, it it's 
cold. You know, it's not supposed to be cold here. It's you know, it's why I live here. You know, it's supposed to be like you said, 75, 80 degrees, nice and sunny, and you know, I'm supposed to get done at the field and go lay by the pool, and I don't think I can do that. Yeah, you mentioned you live here, and and so you're year round here, and. Yesterday at the game, it was 61 degrees at game time. For Clevelanders, that's not too bad. But for someone out here, we saw heavy winter coats and, and things like that. Does your skin just naturally adapt to this area, and, and a 61-degree day can be a tough one? Uh, I think for most people. I actually really like the cold. So, I mean, I, I enjoy when it's cold like this. Um, you know, I enjoy coming to Cleveland, and, you know, when it's snowing and, you know, 40 degrees. And I, 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 so I really enjoy that, actually. But... But, yeah, I think for a lot of people out here, you know, it, it when it gets under 70 degrees, everybody feels like it's freezing, and you do. You see a lot of people in, you know, winter coats and, you know, long sleeves, jeans, and, you know, basically trying to keep themselves warm. But and I think it's kind of funny. Brian Shaw joining us uh, on to some baseball talk. Uh, obviously a great season a year ago, a special season for the Tribe. And since you've been here, you've been a part of, of some really good teams. What, what made the difference last year that, that really seemed to put this team over the top? Uh, I think that, you know, I, I think we really just put everything together, you know, overall, you know, over the past few years, you know, we've, we've had the pitching, we've had the hitting, we've had the defense, you know, we've had all the different, you know, components. And I think that, you know, it's always been one thing wasn't working when everything else was. And, you know, I think that last year we really had everything going all together at the same time. And, you know, that really put us, you know, put us in a good spot, you know, where it put us where it put us, obviously. And, you know, I hopefully that, uh, you know, this year with, you know, the few additions that we made, we can, you know, keep doing that. And, you know, we can, the whole team can keep clicking the way we have been. And, you know, we continue to do what we have and, you know, we uh, get back to where we want to go. And personally, another solid season for you. And, and durability has been your key. The, the amount of appearances uh, more than anybody else in, in baseball in recent seasons. What do you do at the end of these seasons to get back and make sure you can do it again the following year? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I sit on my couch for about a month and a half and do nothing, and then uh, it's back to the training and working out and you know arm programs and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you know I take a good month or so off from you know from touching a baseball and just give the arm time to rest and relax and you know get a couple massages here and there and just try to you know get it flushed out and try to uh, you know get it worked on as much as possible to get it uh, ready for the next year. And visiting with Cody Allen, he said at the start of this spring he's felt really good. And how about you? Have, have you found that you've bounced back okay from last season? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so far, uh, you know, yesterday was my first day facing hitters, and you know, it felt really good. Ball was coming out good. Um, you know, location was kind of a little bit off, but you know, that's expected for you know, you're a little more amped up. Uh, you know, throwing to hitters versus you know, throwing your bullpen and stuff like that. So it's expected. You know, the first couple might be a little bit. You know, timing might be off because obviously you're a little, like I said, a little excited and, uh, you know, trying to maybe do a little too much early. So, you know, it's just get out there and, uh, you know, keep throwing to hitters like we have and getting some games and, you know, things will, the timing and all that kind of stuff will work itself out and, you know, get ready to go. Spring training, always a different animal in terms of uh, the day-to-day. And you get here early, we're, we're doing this about 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning and uh, a lot of downtime in the clubhouse. You mentioned it just now getting to your, your first time facing live hitters. What goes on? What keeps you busy in the clubhouse in the mornings here with all this downtime? Uh, honestly, people, you know, think that there's downtime when we're here and stuff like that. There's really not too much. You know, I get here in the morning. I go have breakfast. I go in the training room. I start my arm care stuff. Um, I get ready. Do uh, you know? Do the few little things we have, and you, know, you probably have maybe five, ten minutes in between uh, all that kind of stuff. And then we have our you know meetings with the coaches, and you know get ready to go on the field. So there's really not too much you know downtime 
um, for us to be had. But when there is downtime, I think you got guys, you know, we usually play cards, uh, you know, play some games on our phones, different things like that to keep ourselves entertained. Last year we caught up with you, and you were in a heated game of uh, words with friends. And is that still a thing? Is that still going around? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's definitely some guys uh, still playing that. You know, we got a few other games that we're playing as well. But, yeah, you know, words with friends, I think, was a, uh, was a big one last year. There's not too many guys played this year, you know, especially with uh, Mr. Otero, who thinks that he's very smart and nobody wants to play with him anymore. Maybe there's a reason. You mentioned these games. Obviously, cards, you're at a table, you're sitting across. But these games on your phone, if you're on your phone and you're playing Words with Friends with Dan Otero, he's really only four lockers away. Are, are, is there no face-to-face? Is it just strictly on the phone? Oh, you got your game face on the whole time. You know, you got, you, know, you play a good word, and you definitely give a little, you know, a little look over there to him, and, you know, he knows that you did something good. So, How about the bullpen, Dad? seems like it'll be most of the same characters and i I know that's a tight-knit group down there and uh, can you welcome in anybody new this year absolutely you know we you know we enjoy you know anybody that comes in down there um you know whether it's a a rookie or a veteran or whoever it ends up being uh down there and you know it's like you said i think all bullpens are you know just a lot of fun you know we we have fun we hang out with each other you know we go to dinners you know once season starts you know breakfast you find guys that you know say hey you want to go breakfast today you know we're going at this time and you know we try to try to always hang out because we are we're down there you know for nine innings every game and you know secluded down there by ourselves so you know we get a little you know a little closer i think to each other than we do with some of the other guys on the team but you know we we enjoy it we have fun down there and you have a new guy, Boone Logan, signed in the off season. Uh, what do you got on Boone Logan so far? Uh, you know, awesome. You know, he's uh, you know he comes in. Um, you know, I haven't seen him throw or anything like that yet. But you know, he's lockers next to mine, so I talk to him all the time, um, just about random stuff. And you know, he seems like a great guy, and you know, should be hopefully a great addition to you know the pieces that we already have. All right, Brian, great to have you on. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. That's Indians relief pitcher Brian Shaw. He has filled a critical role for this ball club in setting up Cody Allen over the past four seasons. And we mentioned at the top here in this segment that Shaw with 299 appearances, that's the most in the major league since 2013. Cody Allen, fourth most. He has 290 appearances as uh, the Tribe closer for most of that time. So a lot of work done, but as you heard Brian talk about it, if you if you do some things after a season, not necessarily throwing-wise, but uh, making sure that your arm gets loosened out and stretched out and you get the junk out of there that builds up over the course of the season, it seems like that enables pitchers like Sean and Allen and others to bounce back season after season, and uh, they have been bellwethers for the Indians out of the pen, really since Terry Francona showed up in 2013. Well, stay with us. We'll stay on that bullpen theme as we continue with Tribe Talk. Dan Otero will join us, a key cock in the Indians' pen a year ago. That's coming your way next as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk continuing from Goodyear, Arizona, and the Indian Spring Training Complex. Jim Rosenhouse joining you this weekend. Great to have you with us, as always, talking baseball on the radio. And we will have baseball on the radio in just a little while. If you're tuned to this show live this week and not the tape version, you know we have baseball coming up shortly as the Indians will take on the Kansas City Royals. That could be one heck of a season series by the time it's all said and done as uh, you're talking about the last three American League pennant winners, Kansas City twice and then the Indians last season. They'll do battle this afternoon right here 
at Goodyear Ballpark. Well, Dan Otero was a nice surprise for the Indians a year ago. The 32-year-old right-hander had a major league career with some good success with the Oakland Athletics primarily and then was somewhat of an unknown coming into camp last season but ended up making the ball club and finished the season appearing in 62 games for the Tribe. He was 5-1 and one and a sparkling ERA of 1.53. This year he comes into camp with a, a job cemented, and it's a little bit different for him as we caught up with him recently. And he says, uh, yeah, this spring uh, going nicely, and, and it is a change from a year ago, no question. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Rosie. Uh, it's, it's a different feeling. Last year, you know, I wasn't just trying to find a role. I was trying to make a team, you know, and uh, they laid it out for me last spring training pretty clearly. Like you're one of, you know, certain guys trying to make this ball club, and that's the way I approached every game last spring. And I think it served me well for the season because I kind of got into that competitiveness earlier than maybe normal. So I'm actually going to try to carry that over to this year, even though it's a little different scenario. But I think if I can get those competitive juices flowing earlier, just like I did last year, you know, my arm strength will be better, my arm speed will be better and stuff like that. So I'm going to try to keep that same mindset and carry it into 2017. And you threw a lot last year and, and were a big part of everything that happened in the postseason, are you in that same group with, with Allen and Shaw and some others in the pen where, where they're going to take it easy early, at least in spring training? Uh, I don't know exactly if I'm going to be in that same level. You know, they did throw quite a bit more in the playoffs, and they've thrown quite a bit more the last five years, so they probably need a little bit more rest. They are younger than me, so they should be able to bounce back better, but I'm not going to hold that against them. Uh, I'm pitching in my first game today, and then I'm not sure off of that, but I'm just going to go off the schedule. You know, I'm going to let Mickey and JB and Tito kind of feel, do what they think is best for me. They always have our best interests in their hearts and minds, and, you know, I'm just going to trust them and go from there. When you look back at last season, you mentioned what you needed to do in spring training to, to make the club first and, and then find a role. And early on, it, it probably wasn't really well-defined. When did things start to click in for you where you said, you know what, my, my stuff is good and I'm helping this team and it's a real good spot? I mean, I kind of knew my stuff was good from the get-go. Um, and I knew we had a deep bullpen. So you just kind of wait your turn for innings. And innings are hard to come by sometimes, especially with our starting pitchers, because they go deep into games and we're in a lot of close games, which is a good thing. You know, you have your stars going six or seven, and then you have your back-end guys finishing it off. But there was a game on the road um, against the Reds when we came back. Raj actually hit a big home run in the ninth to tie the game up. And then we went, I think, two or three extra innings in the 12th, and Lindor had a home run to go up one. And I was kind of like that last guy down there. So I happened to get the ball to, to close the game. And when I was able to finish that off, it kind of gave me a little bit more confidence. Okay, like I really helped this team win. And you could see the kind of the teammates kind of picking me up too after that. You was kind of, you could write a passage, you know, into the team. And uh, from then on, I just had a lot of confidence anytime they called on me. And I was able to, you know, look back at that experience and go from there and it goes on to be a special season not only for you but but the ball club as well you've been with some good organizations in the past with with some success Oakland and, and San Francisco mm-hmm. uh, what was it about last year that that will stand out for you and and comparing it to some some really good spots that you were in before one thing that stood out from even the first time I walked through the doors was how much of a team this is and <clears throat> Tito always preaches we 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 but everybody kind of buys into it, and that's not the norm a lot of places. A lot of managers do preach team and we and all that stuff, but when you have all the players buying in, it, that's what makes it special. 
you know, we put our differences aside off the field, but when we come to the clubhouse and in the locker room, we are we. You know, whether it's it doesn't matter who you are, and everybody's pulling in the same direction. And when you have 25 guys and right now 60 guys pulling the rope in the same direction, it makes it that much easier to try to win games. Dan Otero joining us, Indians relief pitcher. So many great moments in the postseason last year, and I think you talk to anyone in Cleveland, there may have been 100,000 people who were in the park when Rajay Davis hit the home run to tie game seven. Uh, you were on the bullpen. Uh, tell us what it was like for you when that happened. I don't know if I can describe it. I mean, it was insane. You know, We were obviously, I think, down two or three going into that inning. We had two outs. Geyer gets a big hit. I think somebody else got a big hit. Raj comes up and has a 10-pitch at bat. He kept fouling pitches off, fouling pitches off. And I didn't realize how much he was choking up on the bat. I think he had only half the bat in his hand trying to get around on this guy's fastball. And he hits it, and we were kind of blocked. We didn't know if it went out or not. And all of a sudden, we see Raj put his hands up in the air, rounding first. I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about it. And, you know, we just go nuts. We all lose our voices in a span of 10 seconds down there, throwing stuff against the walls. And it was something that we'll always remember. But there are some other moments during the playoffs that were almost as special, you know, like the game Merritt clinched for us in Toronto or the game where all the relievers had to throw from the first inning to the ninth inning against Toronto also. So, you know, there was a lot of special moments that we'll be able to remember and look back on when we're done playing. And I heard you talking earlier that uh, because it's constantly brought up, the good things that happened last year, sometimes it's harder to turn the page. Um, what's the key now to making sure that, that that good focus is there to not just worry about winning another game in a World Series, but getting there, first of all? I think once, once we get about out there in games and we're so focused on the task at hand, I think you'll be able to forget about last season. And you can still think about it maybe when the game's over or off the field, but when we're out there competing, everybody's trying to beat us. You know, we have a target on our back. I think Michael Brantley said it earlier this year. People are going to be gunning for us, and we know that. And we, we didn't stand idly in the offseason either. We added to our club. So more teams are going to want to beat us and take it to us. And we, I think we're prepared for that challenge. And, you know, we have a good group of guys in there. And, you know, I think we've seen already in two spring training games, we're trying to win games. It's not just we're not going through the motions. You know, you have Lindor diving for balls and Aikman yesterday tagging up from second to third. I was even at the game, but I watched it. And then sliding headfirst home on a ground ball to score the run. So people aren't going to take anything for granted, and we're all we all we saw all still have chips on our shoulders, and we're trying to you know win one more game this year. And you touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, some pitchers are working on a new pitch or refining a pitch in spring training. How about for you? What are the keys for you as as you get going here in the spring? I'm just trying to focus on doing what made me successful last year. You know, JB and I, our bullpen coach, keep talking about you know just pounding the bottom of the zone and never straying away from that. You know, maybe trying to improve my breaking ball just a little bit, but never getting away from what made me successful. And that's pounding the bottom of the zone, in and out, occasionally, you know, showing one up at the letters, thinking I'm a power pitcher, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you don't ever want to change who you are. You just kind of want to improve incrementally every year. At least that's the way I look at it. And if I can <clears throat> improve my control maybe just a little bit or my command in the zone a little bit or throw a ball when I want to, you know, stuff like that. It's little things that you kind of think of as you grow as a pitcher. Those are the things I'm thinking on this year. All right, Tam. Well, enjoy the spring. Great to have you along. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Rosie. That is Dan Otero, Indians relief pitcher, who figures to play a key role out of that tribe bullpen this coming season. And we'll stay with you with our, our final interview 
player-wise on this week's show, and we take it down to the prospect level, and that's the beauty of spring training. Always uh, so many good young prospects to keep an eye on, and one of those young prospects is outfielder Greg Allen, who is in camp as a spring invite after an outstanding season a year ago. He's 24 years of age, born and raised in the San Diego area, went to San Diego State, played for Tony Gwynn, and we'll talk to him about that in just a little bit. But we opened our conversation with Greg Allen, asking him how his first Major League camp was going so far with a great opportunity to play almost every day. Yeah, I think it's just been a great experience, Um, you know, just to kind of get my feet wet, be out there, just being on the guys' coaching staff, um, just have those opportunities. So, uh, you know, just definitely just looking to make the most of it. Different people obviously can help you in different ways, and Grady Sizemore has returned to the Indians organization. He's in camp, and I've noticed you've looked at video with him. Well, what what does he pass along to you, and what have you been able to learn? Yeah, I mean, Grady's been terrific. Uh, you know, obviously the, the, the type of player that he was when he was with the Tribe and just throughout his whole career, so just so much to learn from him, whether it's defensively in the outfield or, like you said, just looking at some video and being able to uh, just take a look at some things and analyze some stuff with, with, with my swing and offensively, uh, you know, he can help in so many ways. So it's just been fun having him around. Was he a player that, that you followed when, when you were growing up? He's definitely one that I knew of, yeah. It's, uh, it was definitely hard to miss a guy like that when he was in his prime. Um, so, like I said, just be, to be able to be on this side of it, to be able to have that personal time with him, just be able to talk, um, you know, you know, and just try and help my game and see what I can learn and uh, get from him. It's been, it's been helpful. When you look at your minor league seasons, you made a, a real nice impression on the organization. What are you trying to work on specifically this spring to, to help you take those next steps? Yeah, I mean, as a whole, just continuing to build on things offensively, defensively, uh, and just trying to remain as consistent as possible. You know, I think that's the biggest part. You obviously want to refine your, your craft, your tools, your skills, but at the, at the same time, you want to do things and be consistent doing so. So I think that's that's going to be probably the biggest part. Um, and any player, you know, being able to make that next step and uh, to be able to progress is just uh, finding ways to be consistent. Background-wise, uh, you went to San Diego State, played for Tony Gwynn, and uh, explain that relationship that you had with him, especially as a kid who grew up in yeah. that area when he was still uh, a big part of things with the Padres. It's uh, it's it's definitely tough to put in words. Uh, you know, I think Coach Gwynn had a phenomenal impact on me in my life, not only as a player, but I think as a person overall, just the way that he, uh, the way that he went, went about his business, the way that he cared for his players, cared for his family, cared for the people of San Diego and that city, uh, and how much he meant to it. Obviously, it's, uh, it's it was it was it was a once in a lifetime opportunity to be able to you know to be at San Diego State and play under him for those three years that I did, and um, you know I just can't express you know enough of of, of, of how much that really meant. Were there some surprises to you of how he was as a coach after watching him as a player? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's 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 tough, and that's kind of the beauty of it. You know, we uh, we kind of see people from the outside looking in as far as what they were and what they were able to do on the field. Uh, but when you really get to know someone on a personal level, especially Coach Quinn, you, you go to see, uh, you know, just how humble he is, you know, and uh, you know how much he just appreciated the people that that he was around. So, um, and you could definitely tell that by you know you know his the atmosphere around him when when, when he when he was a coach and the way that he was with his players. Uh, and it was uh, it was always fun to be around. And uh, just finishing, any surprises here in camp to you, either either a particular player who you've gotten to know a little bit, or or just the way the games have gone. Um, you know, I think just in general, uh, like like I said, just being able to kind of be around guys on a daily basis. Um, you know, just kind of see the way the guys go about their work and what they're like. You know, when the when the cameras and lights aren't on them, uh, that part's been fun. You know, definitely. And, uh, it, it, I think it's a testament just to the group of guys uh, that Cleveland has been able to bring in here and the guys that they brought up. 
Uh, so definitely just looking forward to, uh, to you know, having those opportunities and making the most of them. Greg, thank you. Absolutely, thank you. That's Greg Allen, Indians outfielder, young prospect who really had a fine season a year ago, splitting time between Lynchburg and Akron, and along the way he hit 295 with 44 runs driven in. But the big number for Greg Allen, the stolen bases, 45 stolen bases between those two clubs a year ago, and that's right about where he has been in each of his two full minor league seasons and even a, a short season his first year in pro ball back in 2014. He stole 30 bases in 57 games at Mahoning Valley. So some speed in the system. We'll see if he has enough to make it to the major leagues at some point in time. Certainly not at the outset of this season, but Greg Allen, along with Bradley Zimmer and others in terms of the outfield, on the radar for the Tribe. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Terry Francona, get his final thoughts on how things have been going this week here in Goodyear when we return after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you for our final segment from the Indians Spring Training Complex here in Goodyear, Arizona. As always, every day, Terry Francona meets with the assembled media, talks about the events of the day, developments, anything that happens to be going on, and the very latest from Tito from Saturday morning prior to the Indians game with the Royals. We went two in a row. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to play guys like, oh, we're not going to, yeah. I mean, even, I mean, it's, it's spring training, you know, that's, um, and we'll see, you know, moving forward, I got to get with the trainers and just see how they want to go about it, you know, from here for the next few days. Um, the one thing I really want to do is make sure he's okay and not fret over his at-bats so much that, you know, we, we, we do something wrong. So I'm supposed to go actually meet with the trainers here in a little while. You think he's getting closer to cleaning the I'll, I'll, We'll find out. I really don't know. I mean, he's been doing all his throwing stuff. Um, I like to, I'm like i going to go spend some time with them, though, just to talk through it. You were, I think you earlier in the spring, I was listening to one of the you know, interviews, what allows you were talking about what allows Shaw to make so many appearances as he has some about it, the looseness of his arm or well it's not it's just almost his whole body I mean you know he just like he doesn't maybe look the part but like you watch him do the 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 beep drill the thing he he stayed out there for a long time like he can cover first he's he can. Like, he doesn't normally look like he has to stretch. He just, he's ready. Like, when he starts throwing, his first couple pitches are, he gets up to max effort in a hurry. He just, now, he also does a lot of work and arm care and things like that, but he's also been blessed with a arm that he just, he goes out and just fires it. And, you know, he's thrown a lot, but I do think as he, as all guys do, you mature and you understand I think he knows he has to really take care of himself because he does want to pitch a lot, and you don't want it to affect your career. So he's done a really good job, though. I probably worry about that more than he does. Yeah, because we use him a lot, and I want him to pitch for as long as he wants to. And he he really likes to pitch, and so he takes care of himself so he can pitch. With guys like that, with Miller and. Do you, at the in spring training or the beginning of the season, do you set out a plan for 
a, an, an innings limit of sorts for them? Do you think about like this is the type of workload we're looking for over the course of the season? No. Or is that something you just manage day by day? You, you may go by day by day, but I mean, it. it we wouldn't let it get into an area that that's that's a danger area or something we're not comfortable with. I mean, one of our goals is to, you know, you pitch, you know, your your like you said, Miller, Shaw, Allen. You want to pitch them a lot, just not too much. And that's really the goal. And you can sometimes there's a fine line there, and that's where you 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 value, you know, their their opinion because we trust them, and that's part of the uh, advantage I think of being together for multiple years you get to know guys and there is that trust and that helps a lot. Separate topic, and I know you probably talked about this yesterday with the update, but uh, how much does Brantley's help, uh, what, how much can he bring to the team? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, when Brantley's healthy, he was a, what was he, third in the MVP voting. And, you know, he's one of the better players in the game. And there's leadership and all kind of things that, you know, he brings. Other than that, what he does is he plays left field and, you, you know, you, you just put him in there. If he's not, you probably don't replace him with one guy. So since we've been kind of mixing, matching, and center and right a little bit, now all of a sudden if you do that left, man, that, that, that can kind of play a little havoc with your roster. You know, it just it's just not going to quite reach maybe as much as you want it to. You know, you want your roster to complement each other, but if you're going all those three outfield positions, at some point, you're probably going to come up a little bit short somewhere. That's the thoughts of Tribe Manager Terry Francona as another weekend is upon us here in Goodyear, Arizona. Indians on the radio today shortly. They'll take on the Royals. First pitch, 3.05. Tomorrow, back on the radio as well, the Indians Radio Network with the Indians and Padres game from Peoria, and that's a 4.05 first pitch from Peoria. Again, the Indians and the Padres on Sunday afternoon. That'll do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us as always. We'll join you again next week from here in Goodyear. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Network.